All right, folks, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Bank of International Settlements unveiling their plans for a unified ledger. Some might call it an everything ledger. Some might call it XRP. No, <laughs> just having fun with you guys. But hey, in today's episode, we're going to get right into it. Current events, cryptocurrency, greatest transfer of wealth in world history. And I just want to say thank you, everyone out there that smashes a thumbs up on all of our videos. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our lives. We just scheduled Andy Sheckman once again. I had to reschedule with Tokenizer. I know some of you guys were looking forward to that one. Utility cryptocurrency conversation with Tokenizer. Uh, he's got, I was sick last week. He's sick this week. So we're going to reschedule that one big sessions on the way though. Really looking forward to it. Now let's get straight on into it guys. We have the crypto market is back on up a little bit today. Okay. Bitcoin back up to 24,000 after retracing back down to about 23.7. I'll show you the charts here in one sec. 16.50 for Ethereum and a 39 cent XRP. Let's take a look here at the sticks though. This is gonna be Bitcoin on the four hour chart. And as you guys can see over the past week here, this thing has just been chopping sideways between 25.2 and on the low we hit 23.350. Okay, 23,350. We've been chopping sideways. I'm still in my Bitcoin short. Right now, I am barely in profit. Uh, 24,064 is the entry on my Bitcoin short. So I'm just still riding this thing out. And I will let you guys know when I make a move. But I'm just watching that closely. As we roll on into the news, let's start off here with the Federal Reserve. Fed minutes show that members resolve to keep fighting inflation. So we just got released to us yesterday on February 22nd. The Fed, minute, Fed Minutes, the FOMC Minutes, these were highly anticipated to see what the positioning is here. And uh, on this next one, I'll show you guys the key takeaways from the Kobesi letter, the summary of the Fed Minutes. And we got here, almost all Fed officials backed 25 basis points hikes in February. So, so we had you know basically consensus that we continue to raise rates. Restrictive policy until inflation hits 2%. Good luck with that. Fed sees elevated risk of recession. Okay. Some might identify uh, the, the situation already as a recession, but I'm glad to see that they're, they're recognizing the risk. It's just laughable. And then we have a few officials who backed 50 basis point hikes in February. So they wanted to raise it by half a percent. Feels like the Fed pivot hopes of September 2022 all over again. And so, folks, we're just going to have to continue to watch this one from what I can see. They're going to continue to raise interest rates. They raised by 25 basis points, and then we got the pause, the quote-unquote positive job numbers, right? Which is simply, basically, to understand this, guys, people are having to go get second and third jobs just to meet and, you know, meet to make ends meet. And this is, you know, showing us good job numbers, record low unemployment. So it looks like people are going back to work, but why are they? It's because they're struggling. It's inflation, 20% plus real inflation on anything that actually matters while they feed us a CPI lie of six and a half percent while they change how they calculate the CPI. It's all manipulated data. It's all, uh, what did they say in the, uh, what was it? The big short, it's all fugazi. Fugazi, whatever they called it, right? It's, it's just made up numbers and it's not reality. And you guys can see that when you get tapped in here on the real situation on the streets. Yeah, we're not looking at six and a half percent inflation. We're looking at uh, double that at least. And so we'll just have to continue to watch that one. I made a video today 
And uh, basically, it was an urgent warning that I put out, and I have become the most concerned I've ever been for baby boomers, baby boomers and Gen Xers because this situation is very scary for them. As they are already in retirement or approaching retirement, the youngest of the Gen Xers will be at retirement age here in the next 20 years. So they have about two decades to finalize their plans before they set, up, set sail and hopefully have a little bit left to um, live on. What we see here is data points like this, that U.S. homeowners have lost $2.3 trillion in value since the June peak last year in real estate. Home values are holding up better in the suburbs than they are in the cities. We see Bay Area crashing the most, and we see Florida continuing to see large gains. But I made a video today, and I talked about how I'm so concerned for the baby boomers and the Gen Xers because we're seeing real estate values drop, and we lost over $2.3 in um, basically unrealized value. I guess you could call it because, you know, uh, we were we were up at the peak in June of 22. And then now here we are, we've lost $2.3 trillion. And I think that we still have a ways to go. And then we're seeing shortfalls in the pension funds. We're seeing losses in the retirement accounts valued in the trillions of dollars as well. And so it's just a double whammy for the retirement age folks and for people that are getting near the end of their runway on when they're going to be still generating income. And so if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a strategy, I'm really worried about them. And for the millennials, for the young folks that are laughing at this, oh, the old farts are getting wiped out. And I, what does that matter to me? Well, that's your inheritance, pal. You know, and this is the wealth that your family worked so hard to build up. And um, do I think that real estate was overvalued? Yes. Do I think the stocks were overvalued? Yes. And so that's why I talk about having a plan, maybe rotating, maybe adjusting, uh, or making an allocation towards something else besides the traditional 60-40 portfolio, which had its third worst year ever last year, and then the bonds, which had their worst year ever last year. And when you look at the bonds, yeah, you're making 4 or 5% on your promise from the government, but real inflation's at 6% or you know, I, I like to round up um, and look at the real way that they used to track CPI, which would give us an interest rate uh, inflation rate at about 12 to 20 percent. So real inflation's at 12 to 20 percent and you're getting paid 5 percent. Sounds like a safe investment, right? Until you look at the real numbers and break it down, you're getting screwed over. And on record, we just had the worst year ever last year for bonds, third worst year ever for the traditional 60-40 portfolio, which is 60% equities, 40% bonds get wrecked. And, you know, obviously the boomers can laugh at us because we've been wrecked in the cryptocurrency, but I still have 40, 50 years to go make income. I, I have 40, 50 years to go make it back, Right. So this is why I'm so concerned for America is because so many people are asleep at the wheel. The middle class, the American dream, the white picket fence is getting taken away. I mean, we've been rug pulled by the Federal Reserve with the pace that they've raised interest rates and they kept interest rates too low for too long. They created the bubble, but then they've rug pulled us. And now the average American gets wrecked and then investors come in to swoop up the real estate and to swoop up the deals. And then we create a renter nation. We wipe out, uh, you know, you know, the American dream, white picket fence, own your own home and be able to build a few hundred thousand or, you know, some of these people have built millions in equity just from holding a few properties. That's getting taken away of, that's getting wiped out along with the 401k retirement accounts and the pensions. And what was the report that we just got from the BIS that there was like something like 80 something, 80 something trillion missing from the pensions, right? I, I'm forgetting the exact numbers on that, but it's like literally we have losses unaccounted for trillions in the pensions. And then we're seeing the 401ks and the stock portfolios, retirement savings get wiped out by the uh, stocks continuing into, um, 
well, we can't call it a recession, but you know, call it what you want. It's called getting wrecked. <laughs> it's called it's called getting wrecked. And that's people that are supposed to be living off of that retirement savings account. That's supposed to take them to the finish line. There's the you know, and even if you're well off, right, and you got M's in the bank account, you got millions of dollars worth of real estate, you got a pension account that's still paying you out, and you think it's all good. Well, you might not just you might not have as much to hand down to your family, to the kids down below you that you once had, that you wanted to, that you aspired to have, that generational wealth that you created. And so that's why I say whether you're building, preserving, or trying to multiply and grow your generational wealth, my program is built around uh, you know helping people out to be able to do that, to facilitate that. Whether you're building it, preserving it, or you're trying to multiply it, this program, my message, my strategies that I'm executing on is about helping people facilitate that and getting that done. So let's continue on with that as we continue to watch this situation here in America. Definitely getting scary here out in the events. Let's just call them the events. Breaking major responses underway after a compound of uranium is on fire at the Y-12 National Security Complex. Currently, a major response is underway as multiple emergency crews are responding to a uranium fire at the Y-12 National Security Complex in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. The Y-12 complex has confirmed that the material involved in the fire was a compound of uranium. Officials say the public is not in any danger. Okay. Now, we did see yesterday that President Trump did go to Ohio, boots on the ground down there in East Palestine. President Trump not tripping as he boards the plane, so that's good to see. I'm glad that he still has his balance there. And, uh, well, 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 um, well, let's just hold our comments, okay? We're just making our observations here. President Trump showing up. He brought 13 pallets of water to the region and many other supplies, okay? And so we're just going to continue to watch. These events are um, happening on a daily basis now. I found this updated list of explosions, fires, and spills. Wars not so silent, enemies not so invisible. Okay, so we're watching this one closely, guys, and you can see here, this is pretty crazy. Plant warehouse fires, chemical spills in 2023. So just to start this year, I mean, we have well over a dozen events already playing out. That's pretty scary stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, reason for concern here in the United States, while they tell us it's all fine, the public's not at danger. It's all good. Let's send another $10 billion to Ukraine is literally what we're talking about here in the next segment right here, folks. Janet, no telling yelling. United States readies an additional $10 billion in economic assistance for Ukraine. I can't even, I'm just refraining. I'm holding back my comments. Let's, let's, let's just support, uh, I guess, Janet, Joe, and the team as they, uh, wow. I, I, it just pisses me off. I can't even sit, I can't even speak on it. Let's just continue on. Breaking news from Gold Telegraph. Iraq's central bank says it plans to allow trade from China to be settled directly in yuan for the first time. This is becoming a common theme. Yeah, absolutely. While the dollar gets ditched, while the SWIFT system gets ditched, we're going to send our billions, our fiat funny money uh, to go fund the Ukraine situation. We're going to send it overseas as our infrastructure crumbles. We're going to continue to think that we um, are going to maintain a reserve currency status. Well, it's just on a daily basis here, we see country after country ditching the dollar, ditching our treasuries, ditching the SWIFT system, and they're aligning themselves with our enemies or with other countries, right? Now, we see this. The world's largest listed miner said today that the London's Metals Exchange nickel contract does not represent the physical market. Many of these paper contracts don't represent the physical market. We will eventually learn the hard way. 
And that's what's taking place here right now, folks, is um, the paper contracts, the derivatives, is being used to suppress these metals. And we see it on exchanges. Uh, we got the Shanghai Gold Exchange, where gold is trading at 1863, 1.9, basically 2% more over the London's OTC market. So you're starting to see it in other countries against other currencies. Gold is back at all-time high. Paired up against the dollar, it hasn't made it back to all-time high, right? But that's because of the paper, the derivatives trading, the manipulation. Against other currencies in other countries' exchanges, you're seeing gold trade at a premium. You're seeing the London's metal trade at a premium. You're seeing the London's metals went bust. They had to shut it down last year, right? And these vaults are getting drawn down to record levels for the lows. And just we just continue to say, guys, it's about getting some in physical possession. If you have a retirement account, 401k, where you want to make an allocation, it's about finding a trusted source. So please reach out to me. Go to my website, ZachRector.com. Get in touch with us and ask us about precious metals, and we can get them shipped directly to you. Because right now, guys, the situation's clear as day to me. Central banks buying more gold than they have in 55 years. The markets are having to shut down. The exchanges are having to shut down. They're trading gold. They're trading uh, at a premium in these other countries. Against other currencies, it's back to all-time high. And in a America, the Wall Street shills will tell you, just keep that portfolio in your 60-40 retirement account. It's going to be fine. It always comes back. It's going to be it's going to be just okay. We're always going to have the reserve currency status, and it's going to be just fine for you guys here in America, right? Stick to the plan. For me, I'm not participating in that. No retirement account for me personally. And uh, I'm just taking matters into my own hands. I'm getting the metals in my hands directly. And I'm going to continue to invest in cryptocurrencies. We're ready to move on real estate. And I am not investing in the stock market. I'm only looking at pre-IPO shares, private placement deals before companies go private. Very simple. And uh, it's a very simple setup that we're seeing play out right now as well. I'm excited to talk more with Andy. We're going to get him on the show on Monday. And so we're going to be talking more about the the suppression and these um, basically just the setup that we're seeing in metals, which is truly shocking when you see the record level of buying and the record level of drawdown. The smart money is getting in. Remember, the smart money got their gold out of the United States before that Federal Reserve, uh, not, not the Federal Reserve, before uh, basically we got the executive order to uh, basically outlaw Americans from owning gold. The smart money put their gold on the ships, and they sent it back across the pond and got it the hell out of the United States. The same thing is happening right now. Folks, take advantage of that opportunity while we still can. Now, hopefully you took advantage of trading uh, you know, futures and uh, trading options on your Binance account in Australia before they decided to shut it down today. That's right. A lot of people in denial about the, and, and they call it the Binance FUD. Well, how do you explain this, folks? Binance just liquidated all Australian per, perpetual positions. And this is uh, coming out of Binance, Australia derivative positions and accounts. All accounts for options, perpetual futures contracts, all canceled in Australia as of yesterday. And they say, you know, CZ put out a tweet saying that you guys are all going to get your funds back. But these are open positions. I, I mean, this is like the open position that I have right now on KuCoin. I got an open Bitcoin short, and this is them just shutting it down right before we could potentially get another down position. Or if they send the market back up and you were long, I mean, no matter which way you look at this thing, this is screwing over the people that had a position, had a position on the platform and thought they were good to go. Now it's just done, shut down, out of nowhere, no warning. And 
I've won. Uh, I, I've been one that's been questioning this this situation with Binance. To me, I'm not trying to spread fud. I'm not trying to you know get people scared. But I, I mean, it's right here for us, right? First, there was one bank that was shutting down uh, all Swift transactions to be able to fund your Binance account with U.S. dollars. It was basically, um, and and any transfers less than a hundred thousand dollars weren't going to go through. Then Binance temp, they say it was a temporary suspension of all U.S. bank accounts for funding their accounts. Okay, now out of the blue, we get no warning, just pulling the rug out, canceling all trades for those of you that were in Australia trading Binance futures. Folks, the liquidity crisis is spreading. I'm not trying to spread fear. I'm not trying to make people scared, and I'm not trying to bash any exchange, any platform. I just want my audience to be prepared. I want my audience to get your funds, get your cryptocurrency off of these exchanges. I've long said, I don't trust any of these exchanges right now. Even though at my website, you can buy your crypto on Uphold or KuCoin. I got the links there at my website. Those are two exchanges that are working right now. They're allowing us to conduct business transactions and then get our crypto assets off of their platform. That's what we want. So we trust them to that extent. I don't trust them with big bags on their platforms, right? I conduct my trading on KuCoin. I, I do my accumulation on Uphold and then I get my crypto off, right? And that's what we do. That's what we do. The crypto contagion continues to spread. This liquidity crisis is not over. Please stay safe out there. And let's continue on, folks. Now, uh, in the United States, we see Tom Emmer, a little, a little pushback from the good guys. Today, I introduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act to halt efforts of unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. from stripping Americans of their right to financial privacy. And so this is good to see. He says the bill does three things. First off, prohibits the Fed from issuing a CBDC directly to anyone. Two, bars the Fed from using a CBDC to implement monetary policy and control the economy. And three, requires the Fed CBDC projects to be transparent to Congress and the American people. Now, I'm a big fan of this. I love to see this. But the problem is, is that we got to ask the question, why do we even have a Federal Reserve? Why can't we get an audit done of the Federal Reserve? And should the Federal Reserve have any role in issuing a CBDC? It's great questions and great concerns that are being addressed here by Tom Emmer. I love to see it. But we got to, for me, I want to take the conversation the whole way. We need to audit the Federal Reserve. And then I believe that the Federal Reserve is unconstitutional. So we have to look at getting rid of abolishing the Federal Reserve and bringing that, that, bringing that power back into the treasury where it belongs. So that's where I stand. But uh, shout out to Tom Emmer for getting something done there. Now in Nigeria, Central Bank of Nigeria is looking to develop a new system for its digital currency, the e-Nera, and is in early stage talks with New York-based blockchain firm R3, Bloomberg reported on Tuesday. So let's take a closer look at this one here, folks. This is from the Digital Pound Foundation. Nigeria's central bank in talks with blockchain platform R3 for CBDC revamp. Now, we showed you guys the clips of in, in Nigeria. They were, you know, basically uh, setting the banks on fire because, and uh, not too happy about this CBDC. But they are moving forward uh, with, with revamping the CBDC, and they are partnering with R3. Nigeria was the first African nation to issue a, a digital version of its national currency in October of 2021. Nearly a year later, the central bank announced the e-Nera had been used for around $10 million worth of transactions. So just getting started, nowhere near the $20 billion that has been done by the digital yuan over there in China. 
and nowhere near the $30 billion worth of settlement on RippleNet since 2019. But the central bank worked with Utah-based Bit Incorporated to issue the Enera in 2021, and the company won't immediately be replaced by new partners, according to Bloomberg, okay? But they are working with R3, okay? Now, what's interesting to note is that R3 obviously... Uh, had that option to buy 5 billion XRP from Ripple. They ended up settling for 1 billion XRP. We don't know if R3 is still holding that billion XRP. Uh, we know that they've, you know, made Corda Settler a blockchain agnostic platform and XDC uh, is kind of the chosen one now. But basically, they've made it so that they can use any blockchain they want. And obviously, they're working hand in hand here with the Central Bank of Nigeria to roll out their CBDC. So, an R3 group, another interesting one to watch closely. Another interesting group and entity that's making moves and getting deals done. Now, we got this one here from Matt Hamilton. We have a date, folks. The Filecoin virtual machine launches on March 14th, 2023, or Pi Day for the U.S. folks. And um, this is coming from Filecoin. It looks like they're going to be launching the Ethereum virtual machine um, for Filecoin. And this is going to bring smart contracts and user programmability to Filecoin mainnet on March 14th, 2023. And I'm going to promise you guys, I'm going to get out a deep dive on Filecoin before that date, before that launch of the Filecoin uh, virtual machine. Okay. That's my promise to you guys. Filecoin deep dive is on the way. Okay. Now let's continue on here. As we title this episode, the Bank for International Settlements releases their plan for the unified ledger. Today's FinTech Digest includes the Bank of International Settlements proposing a unified ledger that combines CBDC and tokenized deposits on a permissioned distributed ledger technology uh, platform and Coinbase listing circles EUROC euro pegged backed stablecoin. Okay, so we got the news yesterday that Augustus Carsons, who's basically the head of the BIS, was quoted as saying that fiat has beat crypto is the statement that he made and now they've put out kind of their proposal for a unified ledger arturo portillo chimes in he says a decade ago the creators of the xrp ledger first saw the opportunity for a everything ledger but realized bringing everyone into it was utopian so they pivoted to the interledger protocol a decade later the bis is going back to the everything ledger approach but centralized as i said permissioned ledger and once again, this is where I see the private layer that Ripple is developing on top of the XRP ledger becoming so important, not only for the BIS, but for other banks and institutions that want that private uh, permissioned ability. They will get it by working with Ripple on that private layer of the C, you know, for, for CBDCs and for everything ledgers or unified ledgers that the BIS wants. And I think it's so important to see while they bashed kind of the crypto space, you know, the broad speaking, generally speaking, they bash the crypto space. Augustus Carson says that fiat has defeated crypto um, while they roll out all these permission DLT blockchains behind the scenes. And they are 100% moving it all towards DLT on the back end while they bash the crypto space publicly. And, and, and I think the point has to be looked at here is the fact that they're moving to it, but what do they want? They want the private, they want the permissioned access only for themselves, but they could still utilize public blockchains like XRP, but then just build on top of that private layer, maintain most of their transactions and most of their value and data on that private layer, but still be using 
um, open source permissionless technology like XRP, still be using a currency like XRP. And once again, we get into the conversation of what 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 is going to be the reserve currency of the new financial system or what are going to be the reserve currencies of the new financial system, which is where I just keep coming back to. Doesn't matter what R3's plans are, what BIS plans are. We come back to who has the solution? Who has the reserve currency, the reserve digital currency? So right now we see the basket that's held at the IMF, right? Uh, the US dollar, the Chinese yuan, the uh, pound, um, the euro, and what is the other one? The, is it the Japanese yen, right? Well, for me, I add XRP to this basket of reserve currencies because Ripple's working steadfast on making XRP a world reserve currency. And I just see the need once again for a neutral bridge reserve currency. So while all of the five currencies that make up the SDR right now, those are not neutral currencies. The US dollar, the, 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 uh, the pound, the euro, the Chinese yuan, you know, and anybody else who's going to come up with the currency, even if the BRICS come up with their own, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the BRICS groups comes up with their own reserve currency, right? You still have to trust the BRICS nations. You still have to pr- trust whoever's issuing that currency. With XRP, you have the only currency that is truly a neutral bridge currency in existence right now with liquidity. Enough liquidity comparable to a G10 currency, right? And... And, and they've established it as, as a reserve currency on their balance sheet. They're operating the escrow, operating the treasury as a reserve currency and being responsible in the way that they're doing that. And I just don't see any other comparison, not in crypto, not by any other country, not by BRICS, so n- not by the BIS, right? Uh, what is the other one that just came out? UDPN. All these little stories and plans and programs and trials and tests and does not compare. It does not address having a neutral bridge currency, a neutral reserve currency. There's nothing neutral about the rest of these currencies, the rest of these programs, the the rest of these trials and protocols and, and programs that are being rolled out by the central banks, by the BIS, by R3, you name it. Uh, China taking their, uh, taking their currency digital with the digital one. You trust them? You trust them? right? Uh, to hold that currency as a reserve on your balance sheet. Do you trust them? So once again, they, they want a unified ledger. They want almost an everything ledger. We have that. We have that. And then when you combine it with the, with the XRP currency that functions as that neutral bridge reserve currency, you have the one-two combo there. You have everything ledger, and then you have the reserve currency that's as liquid as a G10 currency. What else do you need? And what other better option, what other better alternative is available? Gold and silver is about the next closest thing as far as a neutral reserve currency. And in fact, those are the only neutral reserve currencies I I would actually say that are out there in existence right now. You have XRP, you have gold and silver also being monetary currencies, um, having a monetary value and having a neutral aspect to it. There's no third-party counterparty risk when you hold your silver, when you hold your gold. There's no third-party risk when you hold your XRP, when you got the keys to your crypto, your keys to your reserve digital currency, no no third-party counter risk. 
when you go to move, trade, or uh, settle up with that currency, with gold, with silver, with XRP, no counterparty risk. So once again, there is no alternative. Nobody else has come up with a better solution. I'd be happy to cover it when I see it. But I just continue to see it one after another. Oh, we're trialing our CBDC. Oh, we got the UDPN network. Oh, BIS wants a unified everything ledger. We already have it built here, right? And we already have the neutral currency that runs it, that is enabling it. So until I see somebody come up with a comparison uh, or, or something that can compete, um, I just would assume that, uh, you know, just cut a deal with Ripple, right? Just work with Ripple, work on building out your own private layer on top of the XRPL. They will help you facilitate it. They can help you build out your CBDC in one day. There's no alternatives. Now, let's continue on here. What we see, huge shout out to Digital Asset Investor for finding this one. Folks, this case is blown wide open. We have them. The SEC does not have a case for XRP being a security, and they are in big trouble for the corruption, for the free pass that they gave Ethereum. This thing has been completely exposed. Digital Asset Investor finding this clip. Check this one out, folks. In regards to Bill Hinman giving out the free pass, it could not be more clear after today's finding from Digital Asset Investor. Check it out, folks. I, and I just, in my playbook these days, in fact, honestly, ever since uh, I sat across from Billy Inman and he sort of said, you know, I'm going to, we're going to accept your proposal to give some guidance here. I stopped giving guidance. I said, let's be consistent with the SEC's hand wave approach here because that's who matters. You know, when you get to, when you get into court, like the court's going to give deference to the regulator. Nobody wants to, I mean, I get that I really do, and my heart is in it. I, I love the academic arguments about whether or not something should be a security, but I just think, honestly, to be pragmatic here, you should just read it like security and be done with it and move on because we all know how to do that. And so that's, to me, the path of least resistance right now until case law changes. I, and I just, oh, in my playbook these days, folks, in fact, folks, honestly, are you ever kidding me? Ever since I sat across from Bill Hinman and he sort of said, you know, I'm going to we're going to accept your proposal to give some guidance here. This thing has been blown wide open. And then we found this one too. digital asset investor shares this. This is a direct quote from Gary Gensler on meeting with SBF and his crypto crackdown from New York magazine. And digital asset investor says this. Uh oh, Ethereum, everything other than Bitcoin, Gensler told me, excuse me. Okay. Digital Asset Investor says, uh-oh, Ethereum. Everything other than Bitcoin, Gensler told me. You can find a website. You can find a group of entrepreneurs. They might set up their legal entities in a tax haven offshore. They might have a foundation. They might lawyer it up to try to arbitrage and make it hard to jurisdictionally or so forth. In other words, there are people behind these cryptocurrencies using a variety of complex and legally opaque mechanisms, but at the most basic level, they are trying to promote their tokens and entice investors. Bitcoin, because of its unique history and creation story, is fundamentally different from other crypto projects in this respect. 
quote, they might drop their tokens overseas at first or uh, and contend or pretend that it's going to take six months before they come back to the U.S., he continued. But at the core, he argued, these tokens are securities because there's a group in the middle and the public is anticipating profits based on that group. The claim that crypto investors are hoping to profit based on the efforts of those intermediaries in much the same way that stockholders and public companies hope to see their investments appreciate over time is central to Gensler's position that as a legal matter, these are actually transactions and securities that fall within the SEC's jurisdiction. Folks, what have we been saying here? I've been saying over 90% of these projects, especially the ones that did ICOs, doesn't matter if you did your ICO over in Japan like a Cardano did or some of these other projects. And I'm not trying to beat up Cardano. I'm just saying, for example, right? These countries, these companies have taken extra steps to try to create this narrative or pretend, right? But Gary, he's coming. He's coming for the headshots one after another. Gary Gensler is going on a killing spree right now. It's already started. And if you have the money like Kraken or Nexo, then you just pay out the fines and then you're able to drop your staking platform and continue doing business or whatever it is. Or you're going to start working with a regulated bank or custodian that is going to hold the assets and you're going to come into compliance or you're going to basically just admit that your project is a security because you're using it to fund your operational expenses. You know, and, and I'll just highlight one example. I'll just highlight one example right here because it's just so funny. Uh, there's a little community, the XPR community, the Proton community that I've engaged with recently. I was trying to, you know, research the project, trying to learn more. I popped into a couple Twitter spaces yesterday. I asked some questions and immediately I came across three red flags for this Proton XPR project. One, there was no max supply. I don't invest in any project that doesn't have a max supply, period. And Ethereum is the same case right now. There's no max supply on Ethereum. Now, um, that's fine. Okay, so no max supply. Two, the community just voted on a proposal to increase the supply by 100%, taking the supply from $14 billion to $28 billion. Okay, um, why do they want to do that? Well, they want to give most of the tokens to the core developers, the ones that created the project, to fund operational expenses. And so I'm asking the community members, you know, why, why are you guys doing this? And they say, oh, you know, for marketing, for, um, you know, basically building out a grant program similar to XP, XRPL grants, um, uh, you know, basically doing a similar grant program like Ripple has done with XRP, right? And, and that's all fine and dandy. But I said, guys, even if you think this is the right thing to do, this raises red flags for me just from a legal perspective on creating a security, on offering a security, right? By doubling the amount of tokens and then giving them to, um, you know, some core developers, an entity that's going to further the network, you're creating a common, uh, you know, uh, a common investment, right? Seeking profits based on the efforts of others, right? Common enterprise based off the efforts of others. And this raises the red flags for me. And I get the community got all offended and they are, you know, uh, got all mad that I gave a review, a review of the project. And I said, you know, not even getting to the tech, I just see three red flags off the bat that have me turned off. No max supply. We're about to double the supply. And then they come and they tell me, oh, it's over the course of three years. Still, still, you're inflating the, the, the supply by 100% over the course of three years. Okay. doesn't make it any better. And then finally, you're going to give all of that to one entity to further out the network. You start to create a common enterprise 
and you're seeking profits based off the efforts of others, and you have something that's not quite deficient, uh, sufficiently decentralized, and it just raises a red flag for me. And even if I think that, and you know, you guys want to do that, that's fine. That's great. If you think that that's the best thing for the network, the community voted on it. So if the community thinks that that's the best thing for the project going forward, then by all means, God bless you guys, right? But I'm going to tell you right now that the alarms are going off at the SEC. And when you read what Gary Gensler is saying right now to everyone, it's clear as day to me that you, you got some concerns there. You got some concerns there. And so I wish the project the best. I'm not trying to FUD out the project, although the community attacks me like I'm a terrible person for just bringing up those red flags that were you know relatively easy to find within just five minutes of looking at the project. And then when, when I ask the community these questions, they get emotionally triggered, which even pushes me further away. I say, well, okay, you, you guys are, you, instead of just answering the questions about your project, you start to turn this whole thing. Oh, that's what Ripple's doing. Oh, this is the same thing that Brad did. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, okay, this would be equivalent. What you guys are trying to propose right now would be the same thing as the XRP community voting on increasing the supply of XRP by 100 billion tokens over the next three years. Okay, it's not all at once. I get it. It's over the next three years, but we're going to increase the supply of XRP by 100 billion tokens, and we're going to give most of that to Ripple because we think that Ripple is the best at moving the XRP ecosystem further. That would be the equivalent of what you guys are suggesting. I would be against that as an XRP holder. I would be 100% against that proposal. And that's just me personally. So, like I said, in my video, in my little Proton review, I said, I'm someone on the outside looking in, right? I, I have no, um, I, I have no, no um, incentive to speak poorly or positively for this project. I'm not invested. I'm not going to invest. I've listed off my red flags. Nobody can, you know, give me an answer to why this makes sense for why we would be doing that. And if somebody was trying to propose something similar in the XRP community, I would be one of the loudest voices speaking out against that. No, we will not inflate the supply by 100%. No, we will not give most of the tokens to Ripple or um, some developers that we think are going to move the ecosystem forward. No, I would not be, you know, proposing that. So anyways, it was just one example here that I thought easily explains why so many of these projects fall under the SEC's jurisdiction is because they've created securities and they've offered these projects. They call them ICOs. They do this and that. But the way that they are not sufficiently decentralized, the way that they issue them, brings them back into the jurisdiction of the SEC and Gary Gensler. And it's not that I want to see Gary Gensler go on this killing spree and kill 90% of crypto. That's not what I want. But I do believe that it's inevitable. And for that reason... I stay away from many projects that did ICOs. I don't invest in many projects that have done ICOs. You know, and, and, and I've long, uh, you know, last year I made the comparison video between Algorand's ICO, the way that it was done in a, uh, basically a Dutch style auction versus the way Ethereum did an ICO by doing private placements, you know, um, allowing people to invest anonymously by not even doing KYC. The comparison, the side-by-side -side is night and day. And then you add on to the fact that Algorand's CEO is like best friends with Gary Gensler. They, they, they might get a free pass. They might get the go-ahead. But when you compare it with Ethereum and when you compare it with these other ICOs, the red flags just start going off for me. And they, they, you know, they, they start going off at the SEC as well, clearly. So, folks, this is not looking good. Not looking good for the rest of the space. And we just 
pulled this clip, Digital Asset Investor, huge shout out. It is so clear that this is a uh, this is a breach of duty by the SEC. I mean, this is this is what Jimmy Valley had to say, and there you have it. And he tags the SEC Federal Tort Claims Act corruption. And you know, at this point, guys, for me as an American, and not just a crypto investor, not just an XRP investor, but as an American. I am moving my focus to talking with lawyers who are going to be filing class action lawsuits, to be filing other claims, not just in regards to crypto, but in regards against the actions of this DC corporate entity that has sold out America and it is destroying the United States as we're getting ready to send another 10 billion to Ukraine. What lawyers, what patriots, what, what Americans want to get on a team here with me and file the appropriate claims in the appropriate jurisdictions, in the appropriate U.S. court of law, that we can make moves against these entities that are selling out and destroying our country. This is so much bigger than just us as XRP holders. I want to file claims on behalf of the American people against these entities, against the Federal Reserve, against the SEC, against the EPA, uh, you know, against these three-letter bureaucracies, against this this whole DC swamp corporate entity that was unconstitutionally created and is actively working to destroy everything that God gave us here in this country that made this opportunity so damn good. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness being taken away from us as we go bankrupt, as the value of our dollar gets destroyed and the opportunity slips away. And now, you guys are seeing with all the events, we are under attack. I, I feel like I'm going to have to do another rumble session here so I can speak freely about this, guys. But we have been infiltrated. We are under attack. These are not just a series of unfortunate events. These are not coincidences. I'm being very careful now. I'm off. I'm not on TikTok right now. I'm in trouble with TikTok because I said that we're too broke to afford bailing out Ukraine. That's why I got taken down on TikTok. So I'm being very careful with my words here. But for those who have eyes to see, it's very clear. Folks, the enemy's already within. We have been infiltrated. We are under attack. This is war right now. This isn't fear, FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt, oh my gosh, freak out. No, no, no. This is, the enemy is here at our doorstep, launching attacks actively against us right now. The enemy sits at the Federal Reserve, devaluing our currency right now. Our enemy sits in Congress, bailing out, sending another $10 billion to Ukraine right now. Not all of our enemy is visible. They're hiding in the shadows. They fight dirty. They play dirty. They're willing to sacrifice innocent people. This is a real situation right now, a real war right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, we're making all preparations right now. We are making all preparations, not just exposing the SEC's corruption in this XRP lawsuit. Like I said, this goes as an American. What claims do we need to be making against these entities? That's where I'm shifting my focus going now. Not just, oh, I'm going to vote for this politician to go represent me and, and, and try to do something. No, 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 no. This is fraud, corruption at the highest levels. Where do we file the claims? What lawyer can, can, can I send? What little money I have? I want to send a check to a lawyer that's going to put up a fight on behalf of the American people. Whether that's John Deaton, whether that's Jimmy Valley, 
whether that's Fred Rispoli, any American lawyer who's going to be putting up a fight against these corporate entities that have sold out the American people, where can I send a check today, please? Where can I come on to my show? Let's talk about this. We are under attack, folks. And then I got the haters that say, I'm, I'm just spreading FUD. You guys are always going to have the reserve currency. That's not the point. I do believe that we will always have the reserve currency. But the currency has to be reset. The debt has to be restructured. The whole damn system needs to be revalued. Silver. Gold. XRP. Real estate. Every commodity. Your grocery bill. As you guys are finding out that you're paying double now. And it's all tied together. It's all tied together. So as an American, I just hope that we can move towards fixing this corruption, holding everyone that needs to be held accountable, accountable, right? And then let's move forward with the new financial system. Let's reset, restructure, revalue everything, and let's move forward. That's what I want, right? But that's the fight that we're in. And uh, I appreciate all, the, all of you out there that are fighting the real fight with me that are not afraid to speak out on this. Because, as I said, TikTok couldn't even handle me just saying that we can't afford to bail out Ukraine. And, and that's not political. That's not up for debate. We've, re we've reached the debt ceiling once again. How could we potentially be discussing sending more $10 billion to Ukraine? That's not political. That's reality. Makes me sick what's happening in this country right now. Now. Um, while all this is taking place, <laughs> while all this chaos distraction is, is taking place, Ripple continues to press down on the accelerator. Folks, check this out. From November through January, Ripple formally announced several new corporate payment partners and ODO users in addition to AI and NFT initiatives, MFS Africa, FOMO Pay, TravelX, etc. Understandably get the views, but pay attention to the holiday announcements too. Okay. And um, this is the full list right here. You see this over 18 and more partnerships with Ripple through all the chaos, all the distractions. These are all pure payment plays, not mentioning the CBDC and stablecoin discussions. I haven't combed through the swell material yet. So, I mean, this is just Wrath Economy. Huge shout out, by the way, finding nearly 20 partnerships that we get in the middle of all this chaos. Ripple XRP just continues to grow. Now, what just came out, guys, is the SEC moving to change the rules so only qualified custodians can hold crypto for others. Then it sets up a new gatekeeping system where the only custody solution is regulated banks. And this one's from Mark Phillips. And, and, you know, guys, this is interesting to see the SEC finally making this push that we've been waiting for. Operation Choke Point, Operation Move, everything in to the traditional banks and financial institutions. Well, we go back and we pull this one, tease crypto spot, bringing this one back up. And he says, but, but, but banks won't hold crypto. It's so volatile. And uh, he's making a joke of the people that say that banks aren't interested in crypto. And like I said, with the BIS, all these groups, they act like they're not interested in crypto assets. They put out claims like fiat has already beat crypto. Meanwhile, this is what's shared at the World Economic Forum right here. A big shift is in motion. And this was, this was a picture that was shared um, earlier on last year, okay, from the World Economic Forum last year. And uh, I remember at the time seeing this and just being like, yep, this has been the plan all along. It's very clear. 
behind the scenes, they're working to eat up this whole damn space. And then they're going to employ or deploy Gary Gensler to make sure it happens. So in wave one, you have the shadow crypto finance. That's what they call this shadow crypto finance. I know you guys can't read this. That includes MetaMask, Chainlink, Bitstamp, Grayscale, Block, Kraken, BlockFi, Gemini, Coinbase, Crypto.com, and Galaxy Digital. Wave two, banks and regulated financial institutions. Standard Chartered, uh, Northern Trust. You have Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, HSBC, BNY Mellon, City. You have um, Visa, MasterCard. Absolutely. Now, what does it say here? A big shift is in motion. The largest tier one custodians invest in the infrastructure to safeguard the market, triggering a virtuous cycle of adoption. This shift creates new regulatory standards, banks setting up the gold standard of compliance practices. So while they laugh, while they let, um, you know, crack and continue doing business because they shut down their staking and they cut a check for $30 million to the SEC, but then that, that staking gets moved to the regulated banks and financial institutions. Right, so Kraken can still do business because they cut a check for thirty million to the SEC. Uh, Nexo can continue doing business because they cut a check for forty-five million to the SEC, but they give up their staking, and then that gets moved on over to the traditional banks and financial institutions. This has been the plan all along, guys. This has been the plan all along. And look at this one right here from ISO two hundred twenty-two. Let's do this. Pulling up a document here, and this is talking about Swift GPI plus XRP plus R3 Corda. Check out this document. Very interesting. Talking about settlement on Corda, and uh, you can see here, you have company A, company B. You have one, the trade transaction, and then two, the need for settlement, which is going to take place at Corda Settler. And the transfer of funds on Corda can happen through Swift GPI. Or it could happen through a cryptocurrency and they give the example of XRP. Starting with a proof of concept in collaboration with R3, Swift GPI expansion, R3 live ecosystems with a need for settlement in fiat currencies, common interest to build a settlement capability for DLT systems. Okay. So, yeah, they're moving. They are definitely moving. And remember, R3 is still sitting on a billion XRP. Now, let's get into the excitement. We have Crypto Bull sharing this one with us. And this is a little bit of technical analysis for you guys. XRP finished its four triangle touches just like in 2014 through 2017 before it had a massive bull run. If we repeat, we could see $27 by June, folks. $27 by June or whenever we do get this breakout. I don't focus so much on the dates. I just focus on these technical analysis structures that send us to somewhere fun. <laughs> you know, that, that I don't know if we necessarily will reach $27, but I think it easily could be done. And then if we go anywhere in between, you know, we're trading at about 40 cents right now. Anywhere between there and $27 sounds pretty fun to me. But we see the four touches on the triangle four touches on the triangle before we get that massive blow up. And if we do something similar, we're approaching $27. Absolutely love to see it. Now, uh, Crypto Bull shared this one, and this is the whole point, guys. Posting the XRP, because everyone hates on Crypto Bull. I keep showing his uh, stuff because you know it, it, it's very interesting to go look at the historical technical analysis and see what's potential, right? 
But people get all triggered. Oh, crypto bull has been wrong forever. Yeah, well, we've all been wrong in the XRP community this whole damn time because we're still in a stage lawsuit. And when the breakout does happen, it's going to be too damn late. Don't you get it? Crypto bull says posting the XRP will go to $10 and beyond now at 40 cents is the best time. However, most people like the post when price is at $5 and above. Of course, then the highest earnings are gone. So by the time XRP reaches $5 and the doofus morons have accepted that, oh my gosh, XRP could go to $10. It could go to $20. Wow, it's moved really quick. It's done tens of thousands percent in one month time, just like it did last bull run. By that time, it'll be too damn late. So now is the best time to talk about the breakouts, to look at the charts, to get excited. It's not about FOMO. It's not, you know... Um, Oh, what's going to happen overnight? It's going to happen tomorrow. But what did happen? Last bull run, 2017 to 2018, from December to January, XRP went from about 20 cents to $3.80. Tens of thousands of percent gain over one month's time. Relatively speaking, that is overnight. Relatively speaking. <laughs> You're going to be too damn late for those that try to FOMO in later on into this thing after we've already made the massive moves. Now, to finish up, what are we going to do here, folks? We are going to follow the money. I wanted to end with this clip here from Rosie Rios. What would I do as an investor? She says, follow the money. And where is it going? Metaverse, blockchain, and AI. This would be the 43rd treasurer of the United States who is now a board of directors member at Ripple. What does she have to say? What would I do as an investor? One, I would follow the money. Yes, it is my name on U.S. currency, almost $1.8 trillion with my name on it in currency circulation, so no one has made more money than I have. But if I were following the money, where is it going? It's going to the metaverse, it's going to blockchain, it's going to artificial intelligence. Technology and innovation will be the key. And here's what's important to remember. In 2007 and 2008, we saw a huge growth of investment in technology and innovation. This was during the, town, the downturn. What was invented in 2007 that has turned our world upside down today? Anyone? The iPhone, very good. The iPhone was invented in 2007. There is no doubt, and then obviously subsequent to that, you saw Facebook, you saw Google, you saw Airbnb, you saw Uber, and one of our biggest downturns, innovation still mattered. And that's going to still be the case. This is a very resilient global economy. And a lot of that innovation is happening here. Absolutely, it's happening here. But when I think about the pillars of capital, financial capital, physical capital, intellectual capital, it is human capital that still remains the best investment to make. And I know that's happening here in this country. I know it's happening in the U.S., and I want people to remember that this relationship that the U.S. has with India is so important. You might recall that President Obama visited India twice during his administration. You also know that President Biden has had two in-person bilateral meetings with Prime Minister Modi. That relationship will absolutely, no doubt, continue. For the person who was born and, read, and, born and, and raised in Silicon Valley, I know firsthand the economic the political and the social influence, what would I do as an investor? Absolutely. So first off, she says, invest in yourself, human capital, right? And I love that message, right? But then we're looking at the new technologies. But I also want to add another point, right? She mentioned India. 
Guys, India brought in 400 million ounces of silver last year. And we're looking at a silver deficit last year of 200 million ounces. So you put two and two together, right? India on the forefront of accumulating metals. They also have multiple partnerships with Ripple. We see some of their central, you know, their central bank. We see some of the other banks within India working with Ripple. Uh, and so for me, it's very clear as day. I'm investing in the new world technologies, and I'm also putting just a little allocation into these old world commodities that are still going to be so crucial in this new system. See, specifically with silver, right, the industrial use case of this metal, right, is going to continue to drive demand, and we already know that we're running a deficit. We were short 200 million ounces last year, with countries like India acquiring 400 million ounces just last year alone, okay? So... I love Rosie Rios' advice there. Invest in yourself, follow the new innovation. But then I think it's also important to hedge because what's going to be important over the next decade, right? Resetting these currencies, revaluing and restructuring debt, resetting currencies. And I think that gold is going to play a crucial part of that along with silver. There's a reason why these central banks are buying more gold than they have in 55 years. Yes, they're working on the new technology as well, but there's a reason why they're still accumulating that old relic of the past but once again, if you guys are looking to invest in yourself, I, I highly recommend it. It's been one of the best returns that I've ever gotten is by continuing my business development, continuing to uh, learn and educate myself on all of these asset classes. And I try to provide that value with my Discord community. So take advantage of that opportunity right now, guys, by going to my website, sign up for the Patreon and get access to the Discord group. This Saturday, we're going to be hosting another prepping call big time value, understanding how to ride out any situation, any storm that comes through town. We want to be able to feed the family. We want to be able to take care of things at the household level. And then moving forward to guys, we just continue to bring value by doing sessions on real estate, doing sessions on precious metals on a weekly basis. I'm updating my community on the positions that I hold in cryptocurrency. It's a way to get in touch with me directly. And it's a very intimate setting where we can talk about making the moves and uh, talking about things that we aren't allowed to freely talk about here on these public platforms as well. So Tremendous amount of value. We're working on bringing new resources to the community on a daily basis. So get get tapped in with us. And like I said earlier, you can get the precious metals. The link is on down below, along with your cryptocurrencies and the wallets to store the cryptocurrencies. Very important. Use the exchanges linked up down below, but then get them off to your crypto uh, wallets so that we can keep those assets safe. As we ride out this storm, I just want to say thank you for everyone who continues to tune in, show support. I appreciate all of you guys so much, and I will see you guys in the next one. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care, and God bless.